Let the words of my lips and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. St. Stephen's, it is wonderful to be gathered together this morning. We are living out our faith by hearing stories of Scripture, by praying together, by meditating on God's Word. We are living out our faith in the same way that people have lived out their faith for 2,000 years. It may feel a little bit different as it has these last seven or eight weeks, but know that we are still doing what has been done since Christ walked this earth. I've been thinking about two stories as I rest with the words of John's Gospel this morning. Two stories that both take place about 15 years ago when I was a youth minister. Um, One of the keystones of the program that I was a part of was to take young people on a spiritual pilgrimage um, after their 10th or 11th grade year in high school. And this summer, we had a group of about 20 young people and uh, two of their Sunday school teachers and myself uh, that took a trip to England to walk in the way of our Anglican heritage. We were to visit different Church of England cathedrals and make our way to Canterbury Cathedral, where we had prayed for the Archbishop of Canterbury for many years. And so we took this wonderful trip to England And we went to Winchester Cathedral and then Salisbury Cathedral and spent a day walking along the Canterbury Trail. We saw the roof where Canterbury had been bombed out during World War II. And we ended our trip in London, visiting Westminster Abbey, hearing that beautiful choral evensong by the boys' choir. And at the end of the day, we had to go and catch the underground subway, the, the, um, famous, uh, the famous subway system in London. And, and the group was wonderful, wonderful young people. One of them, um, Elizabeth, was this person who was always um, overly kind and sensitive and polite. And so as we were getting on the subway... I was kind of letting everybody get on, and then I got on, and Elizabeth was left, and she kept ushering other people in. It was crowded, but she knew that she was always told to make sure that she was polite and nice, and and so she kept helping everybody get onto that subway, and I was getting those eyes of, come on, hurry up, hurry up, and I'm waving at her. She's helping everybody else on, and then the doors began to shut. And I'm staring there at the door, And there's Elizabeth on the other side. And just in a matter of seconds before the train departs, you can see the tears well up and the fear begin to take hold. There's also a fear on the other end, um, on the other side of the glass, as I'm beginning to wonder what it is that I have done and how I'm going to tell her parents that I lost their child in London. And then I realize that she's safe, all is going to be well. I get off at the next stop and um, ask the whole group to get off as well and stop. And I catch the train to the go back to the next um, station. And sure enough, she is there with a security guard waiting for our return. 
But it dawns on me that what is so scary about that moment is how utter the feeling of being alone is. There we are, halfway around the world from our sense of familiarity and home, away from everything we know. And so more than any other experience, she feels alone without her community of support, without what she knows best, isolated. That's why that moment is so powerful and has been sitting with me for 15 years. Isolation and being alone is such an incredible and terrifying feeling. I worry a lot about those in our community who cannot be with loved ones, those who are in long-term care facilities or missing their, their children or parents. I imagine this time is as challenging as any portion of life. It's amazing what happens when we have other people around. It's almost like we gain a sense of, of power. We're able to, to be strong, to um, be able to be the people we're to be when we can harness that power of knowing that we are supported and loved. Which takes me to the second story, which was probably that same summer. And I had had a little party at my condo and I had invited some friends over. Um, there may be 10, 15 people in our house. And somebody says something that's pretty horrible. Made a, a derogatory, racist comment. And the room is silent. I'm silent. And then a friend of mine speaks up and says, that language is not going to be used here. If you talk like that again, you can leave. And I've been wondering 15 years why my friend had to speak up for me at my home. And it's dawned on me that, you know, that, that guilt that, that rests, I mean, I think um, maybe that guilt's probably a good thing. It's given me that courage to say that I'll never let that moment rise again, and I hope that's true. But partially, in the words of my friend who spoke up, it has given me strength to know that I can stand up. I can stand up for what is right, and I can speak truth when truth needs to be spoken. And even now, living far away from that friend, his words, his words have given me that courage and that power to be able to speak love, to hate, and I'm grateful for it. I'm struck in John's gospel, in these powerful words that Jesus says. This is taking place at the Last Supper. 
Jesus is about to be crucified and no longer be with his disciples. And he says, I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live and you also will live. He is reminding them that they will not be alone, that God will always be with them. And he mentions that he is leaving the advocate. It's only in John's gospel, I believe, that we hear this language. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. We've been wrestling with what that means for for years. Um, Since this very moment, we've been wondering what it means. But the image of the advocate that we hear in in the translation that we've heard today is a helper. It comes from that Greek meaning alongside, the paraclete. That spirit is alongside of to give us courage, to help us live with courage, with the spirit of truth. What I think I missed in that moment in my home was I did not realize the Holy Spirit is with us. It is with us always. emboldening us to be able to face all sorts of life and to know that we're not going to do it alone. To give us confidence, to vanquish fear, to give us a spirit of being bold in how we love one another. Because we have power, we have the spirit with us to give us courage to speak love to hate, to stand up to bigotry, to be compassionate when it hurts. And if you've ever faced with a situation where you're going, how in the world can I do that? Every one of you has the spirit. That is our theology. That spirit that washed over the world at the beginning and the creation, that spirit that washes over you in baptism, that spirit is emboldening you now. I know it feels sometimes like we are alone, but that's why Jesus says, do not have fear. I will not leave you orphans. I am coming to you because I live you will live also. May we hold on to that spirit and may it give us courage to live out our faith in this world. Amen.